Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 208. And if you want to listen to this episode, as well as future episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do listen I'm on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to leave us a nice five-star rating and a review. So we've got a lot of things to talk about today. I have no idea if any of them are good. So let me bring in here a little bit of a shorthanded crew. Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, good evening, guys. Yeah, not a not a very happy uh, episode today, but well, we have the we have the tough job of uh, evaluating the not so pleasant uh, news uh, with Juve. So yeah, let's uh, let's get to it. That's right, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy happy to be here as always. Uh, yeah, just you know, just it, the buys were off since the minute it was announced that it was on a Monday. Like just, just no one wants to watch the football on a Monday, and and it's especially because here, here in in, in Mexico, fun fact about Mexico, when the NFL season was uh, seventeen weeks, we celebrated our Constitution Day on Super Bowl weekend every single time. So Monday was off for every single Super Bowl. Sunday for like the past I don't know ten years or something like that. It was awesome. It was great. People loved it. And then they decided to move to 18 weeks. And now Super Bowl Sunday is just like any other Sunday. And it was just brutal. It was awful. It was like, we can't really do anything for Super Bowl Sunday. No partying on Super Bowl Sunday. And then you go to Monday and Juve does this. So, yeah, just just rough, rough. I'm sure I'm the one that had it the worst of everyone in this pod. I'm sure on, on the Super Bowl Sunday. Am I, am I, am I right there, Danny? Uh, I'm going to kick you off this podcast right now. For mentioning the <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Thank you for making me relive the trauma of the last 48 hours. I appreciate that as always. No, it was very much a, a Super Bowl Sunday where I wish I had Monday off just so I could sit in bed all day. But, uh, that, that is, uh, neither here nor there. And, uh, obviously as we're talking about Juventus's one, nothing loss to, uh, Udinese at home, no less. Uh, it's not like Juventus did much to improve my mood. So with all of that being said, I'll throw it right back to uh, now my number one enemy, Sergio Romero, for your <laughs> takeaway from the week that was. You know, if it makes you feel any better, I, I bet on that game for the first time in like forever. And I didn't <laughs> pick the Niners. So, you know, I, I was equally, well, probably not equally, but I was still pretty, pretty upset about it. No, my, my biggest takeaway it's the same as, as the last one is uh <laughs> why is alexandra why are we still doing it what is there to 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 gain from it at this point obviously in this game you know the, the last time we were saying that about how he didn't make any egregious mistakes uh and this one he did he did make the egregious mistake you know i'm not going to say that he holds sole responsibility for the loss because it was you know in general a pretty lackluster performance but he i, I just 
don't see it. I just don't see why he's he's playing. He's giving me seriously like Leo Bonucci vibes in his last season, in which you're just, you know, he looks the same. Uh, he has the same number on his shirt, but he's just a, a different player and and just doesn't really bring anything, you know, to the table. You know, if if I understand that Danilo wasn't available, but you know, again, like Danilo Rugani is just he's just better. Like he can just do better at this point. And I just. I've been less critical of Max Allegri than most, but I just, you know, his insistence on, on giving him minutes is just something I don't understand. I just don't, don't get it. Even, even, even with some of the other positions, like when he started playing Manuel Locatelli in center midfield and people just didn't like it at first, I, I, I didn't love it either, but I, I could get it. Like, like you could see the vision, you could see what he was trying to do. Uh, with, with this, it just, it just doesn't make sense. It feels like loyalty to, to a guy that you know played really well for Juventus for a really long time, uh, but it's just it's just not there. And I think in in this particular occasion, you know, he again not single handedly, but but he definitely caused the team points. And and you know that when when that starts happening, it, it becomes harder and harder to understand. Jocks, what you got? Well, um, I think we can now well and well and truly say that we can let the rest of the season burn, let it burn, let it burn, <laughs> as the great usher. Um, saying on the, Sunday, the only so. highlight of the Super Bowl. It's true. Yeah, In yeah, hindsight, hey, evidence that you're never too old to still have the physique to go on roller skates for somewhat extended period of time. <laughs> so, yeah, that is my one and only Super Bowl reference for this episode. So, uh, just uh, got to put that in there, nice and early, and uh, get that out of the way. So, um, but anyway, onto actual Juve um, news is, um, yeah, I, I think. My takeaway, it's it's a tactical one this time because, I mean, I don't know, everything else is just too depressing <laughs> to, uh, to really uh, note. But yeah, I took a little sneak peek at uh, the average player positions again on uh, courtesy of who scored. And um, yeah, this was a pretty odd uh, tactical setup here that we went for. Um, it's it, it, I think it again proved that Chiesa really just doesn't want to, or, well, I shouldn't say doesn't want to. I think very reluctantly um, obeys orders to play centrally or as a second striker instead of his natural position out on the wing because while his average position in this game was just firmly out on the left wing, which, I mean, you know, that's that's his position, right? I mean, that's, that's his favorite spot. And then Cambiasso basically <laughs> played his position of a second striker, according to, again, the average player positions here on who scores. So you basically had um, Chiesa and Cambiasso switching positions. So that was, yeah, interesting, unusual. But um, I think it, again, just solidifies the fact that, you know, Chiesa going forward, I mean, I don't know, we got to ditch the whole second striker thing. Again, I think he can do it in case of emergency, but I don't think it should be our, uh, yeah, default, I guess, or our first option maybe especially now with um ken and Yildiz becoming you know a real option in the team as a starting player and i and i say that just now because i think obviously we can well and truly say that the title race is over so now i think my way i'm now analyzing games and looking at games is with a look at next season so you know with a look at setting those foundations for next season and like what is the plan going to be for next season what's what's you know who are the key players going to be and what's the 
general setup going to be? So that's why I think of Keza and I think, you know, okay, going into next season, that's, I, I mean, I would really say that that's just something we should just, you know, we should ditch that idea of Keza playing um, Sekona Punta. So, um, yeah. And again, and like I said, just based on this game, it seems like he just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it anymore, which, uh, yeah, I understand. It's not a position that maximizes his uh, his strengths. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the Chiesa matter is something that really could be its own hour-long episode because there, I was talking with a friend of mine over the weekend about it, and there's just kind of so many different layers to how we've gotten to this point with Federico Chiesa, whether it's his injury, whether it's Max trying to shoehorn him as a striker rather than a winger. Obviously, Chiesa now playing there for basically a season and a half ever since he's come back from his injury. And then just kind of the whole contract situation hanging over everything. And so, you know, it's it's a it's a column I've been kicking around for the last few days on wanting to write and kind of one of those where you start writing it and then you kind of delete what you do and all that. But <laughs> anyways, I noticed, and I guess we'll kind of start the Udinese loss discussion here, is that on the website, I noticed a few people talking about how, you know, you look at this three-game stretch that Juventus is current, are currently in, and it's, you know, draw against Empoli where Eric Millet gets sent off less than 20 minutes in, lost to Inter, now lost to Udinese. And not only is it bad from any real title challenge hopes that you had left, but just from like a, a essentially a confidence level and kind of a level of play from where they were all of January until the draw with Empoli, or essentially all of January until Eric Millet got sent off. And then these last three games, it's like, you can almost look at it like a boxing match almost where it's, it's like, you know, they got a huge body blow with Miller getting sent off and then they came back and got like uppercut or something. And they went in that Udinese match just absolutely wobbling and they pretty much played like it. So I guess the, the, the long winded way of getting to the question I have for you guys is like, do you feel like this team on Monday was very much the byproduct of what has happened the last couple of weeks before it? And do you feel like this team over these last three games have just had all of the good vibes and the confidence just absolutely zapped from them? Yeah, I think the Empoli game, I'll take it, you know, from the kind of chronologically, I think the Empoli game to me, it was just kind of a freak result in the sense that it was just, I mean, I think it was really purely unlucky just with that red card. I think we, considering the circumstances in that game, I think we played honestly quite well. And then they just had, you know, one opportunity and, well, of course, had to score that one opportunity. So I'm pretty forgiving about the Empoli game and, you know, yeah, just about the, just the freak, freakness of uh, that result or of that game. Of course, the Inter game, that was demoralizing because we were uh, deserved losers, I think, um, in that game, or Inter deserved winners, whatever way you want to say it. But I really do sense that, you know, based on how we've played this season, I I expected a response against Udinese. Not just expected, but I thought it was perfectly possible and perfectly, you know, just very much doable for this team to give a response, given how we've played the season. You know, haven't had at the moment not really too many injuries. Um, and just lately, not really any 
you know, terrible. I mean, th- th- this injuries. game was really kind of the first game over the last, I guess you could say four to six weeks where injuries were like, okay, you, you don't have Dusan. Obviously, Kays is back from his most recent thing. You know, Danilo suspended. I mean, I know that's not injury, but this was kind of like the first, it felt like the first game in a while where you're really missing outside of Chiesa, kind of some big guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, indeed, like besides the episodes, that kind of unlucky kind of, uh, I guess, uh, coincidence where everyone, while where you have, you know, Vlaovic and Danilo pan out at the same time. Yeah, we've been relatively fortunate with injuries just the last few months, I'll say. So, I mean, I think. I think the conditions were such that we very much could, you know, I very much expected a positive response from the Inter game and also playing at home against Udinese. I mean, struggling team. Well, there were no excuses, basically. And even just mentally, you know, I, I don't think there were too many excuses from a mental standpoint. Okay, you know, you've you've had a blow from the Inter loss, but, you know, you're still, you're still having a better than expected season, frankly. I think that's still... I think that's fair to say. And we've had many positives from the season, unexpected positives from McKenney's resurgence to Kenan Yildiz becoming, you know, a pretty star player as well to, uh, you know, even someone like uh, Cambiasso, who, you know, finally, finally a deal where we send out a player on loan and he comes back and he actually immediately is integrated into the team. You know, it's like finally a deal that's actually a loan deal that's supposed, that goes the way it's supposed to go, which is amazing how rare that is, I guess. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll talk about that in like postseason stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think just to kind of go back to your question. Yeah, just, I I, I didn't, ex- obviously didn't expect a loss, but I, I just don't think there was, I didn't go into this game thinking like, oh no, we're, you know, mentally like, beat up from the inter loss and obviously the Empoli setback. I thought this team was more than strong enough to kind of bounce back. What about after though? Oh, after this, uh, after this game now, after yeah. the loss. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. After the game, that's, yeah, I would say, yeah, now I <laughs> do expect a little bit of mental fragility just because now it's going to be essentially 10 point, uh, deficit to enter. And we're now just a point ahead of Milan. So, yeah, now I do expect a little bit of uh, jitters, I guess, from the team and some instability. Um, and also, it's, you know, the next game is Hellas Verona. It's another relegation battling side. It's away from home. It's not one of those teams that will just make life just so obnoxiously difficult for you for no reason or for... It's one of those teams that will, again, like play like two good games a season, <laughs> both against Juventus, you know, or against like Inter and stuff, maybe. But so, yeah, I do... Um, do feel a little nervous or a little uncertain going into the next game. But yeah, before the game, you know, before the Lunes game, I felt okay, I guess. Yeah, I think Chuck's mentioned something that, which was, to me, was the thing that bothered me the most about this game. And, and it was that mental fragility thing that, that we were talking about. And, and I praised them multiple times this year. I think with that, with, you know, with, with reason that they looked like a different team, that they were not, you know, struggling against teams that they shouldn't struggle with, uh, that they were, you know, coming back from games, you know, in 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 which situations like in the previous couple of years they, they were faltering. The Empoli game for me was actually, I, I think we mentioned it as a positive, right? Like they, they go down one man fairly quickly and they come back and, you know, they were close to, to getting a result there. Uh, and then, you know, it happens what happens with Inter that I agree with Chucks, they're just a better team. But this game to me felt extraordinarily similar to than the one 
uh, last season, I, I want to say against Empoli, uh, when the, the penalty was announced and they suddenly dropped to like seventh, I think it was against Empoli, in which they just look like they did not want to be here. Like the, the day they looked sloppy, they looked disinterested. They, 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 it was to me like a repeat of that performance. And I think at that, that, that time we were like, okay, you know, it was the, the, the emotional punch. It was the gut punch of, you know, they, it just happened during the warm-ups, you know, like suddenly you're out of the Champions League spots, like you could understand it a little bit more, but this one, it felt like, okay, it's, it's again, like you just suffered your biggest defeat of the season. How do you respond to that? And you respond like this. It, it just doesn't speak well of, of, of how this team is, is being mentally prepared, mentally coached. And that could very well be on the coach. It could very well be on the players. It could very well be a lack of, you know, a, better in leadership in the in the locker room it could be a lot of reasons but it's just this type of games in which they just look off and in which they just look bad and they they look just uninterested to be there it, it's something that i really thought that that this team had moved past and and you know this this result kind of shows that they they really haven't and it's it's unfortunate to see especially in the third year of the max allegri uh 2.0 era uh, in a year when they had looked so well in, in bad situations and they had kind of like risen to the occasion each and every time, this time it, it just felt different from the start. It just, you know, you could tell you didn't have that feeling that they were going to come back late in the game or, or anything like that, like you were having previously. And and I thought that was just a, such a, a huge step back. Like I, I still agree with Chucks in the sense that you know, we don't know how the season is going to end, obviously. But up until this point, I, th I still think they have overachieved. I still think there's a lot of good things to, to take away from this season. But with the Scudetto race now, I think fairly well and done. You know, this this is, I think, still something that's that, you know, is bad for this team. And I just don't, I don't know and I can't pinpoint the, the exact reason. I'm sure coaching has something to do with it. I'm sure youth has, has something to do with it. Uh, but, but I think it's a, it's a combination of factors that this team, for whatever reason, keeps crumbling when things get tough. And this is not just an Allegri 2.0 era thing. You, you can point it back to, you know, even under Pirlo, under Sarri, like when, you know, those second legs in the Champions League, when when they, they just looked awful. And, and, you know, I think this has been a trend now for many, many years that just it wasn't the case for Juventus. And, and it's, you know, it's... It's, you know, pretty upsetting to, to see that it's still happening. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I guess when you look at this game specifically, I mean, obviously no shots on goal in the second half is one of the biggest things that jumps off the page to me. But I mean, like Chucks was saying, you know, one freak occurrence and this time from Alexandro and Udinese get the lead and then you just feel like Okay, they had a few chances in the first half to score. Obviously, Chucks' Nigerian boy in goal was doing uh, <laughs> some some yeoman's work there to keep Juventus off the scoreboard. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it just felt like as the game went on, and especially as the second half went on, they were just trying 
desperately to find something. And it just felt that something was kind of the same thing over and over and over again. You know, there's only so many times you can send a cross in and hope that it connects with somebody until it's like, okay, maybe try something else because this isn't working. Yeah, this was the first time in a while, say even maybe first time this season that, you know, we really looked like we ran out of ideas because actually that was funny enough. That was one of the uh, positives I thought from this season where, you know, I really feel like there weren't many, if any games this season where, you know, we've really just looked like we just had no ideas or yeah, just no attacking ideas. Again, against Inter, I, I don't, I wouldn't really call it that with the Inter loss. I think it was just more, I mean, just a better team, unfortunately. But, you know, we would have those games last season where um, play you're playing against a relegation battler or, a, you know, playing against an Empoli or a Salernitana or a Udinese as well. And it's one of those teams that will just sit deep and just, you know, lock up defense and, you know, force you to, you know, make a move and force you to break down a very deep defense. And we would just often just not have any idea of what to do. And we would either come away with just some kind of fluke goal or or we would often just draw or or even lose. But, you know, I feel, feel like this season we really barely ran into that or really just not ran into that. We've always just looked like we've, yeah, just had an intent to score and really had an intent to go for it. And this was really just the one game like I said, the one game in a long time that I really, you know, can think of that if we just had no ideas in attack. I mean, just like you said, just kind of hopeful crosses and just no, yeah, no plan or no, I don't want to say no plan. That sounds like they kind of come out there and just kind of, you know, run about a little bit, but just, yeah, just no, nothing connected, just no real flow to the attack. Let's hope it's, it's, it was an exception in terms of just this season. Let's hope that, you know, that was an exception because if not, it will be kind of a return to the old bad habits from last season. And I really do think that we've, you know, taken some real steps forward this season. And, you know, that's why I hope that this is something that's just, this was an exception that I just know just a real bad day at the office uh, rather than just a return to, like I said, to just those, those weaknesses from, from last season. Mention the crossing real quick. Juventus attempted 29 crosses against Udinese. They were successful on six of them. So that's just over 20%. So not great. And I just want to kind of emphasize how bad the second half was. Juventus had 75% of the possession. Uh, with that possession, uh, four shots, none on target. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was the type of performance that we've unfortunately seen or saw way too many times last, you know, last season, especially uh, this season, you know, at least I, I agree with Chucks. I think, you know, in general, as a whole, as a picture, if you just said to you to, you know, if we had posted to the to the podcast or to, you know, the people in the blog, you know, hey, this is where we're going to be you know, in, in February of 2024, you know, three losses in the whole season, uh, semifinals of the Coppa Italia, you know, I, I think most people would be like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. All things considered. Uh, but it just, it's just how they, the, this defeats come, how, you know, they, they come in back to back, especially that inability to bounce back from adversity that that's just, you know, it, it's been unfortunate. Like I said, like it, it's been something recurrent for this, you know, quote unquote, same foundation of, of a team, you know, for me, 
uh, the era pretty much from from Sarri to here. You know, obviously a lot of changes, but but it feels like a whole block in which you can say a lot of the same things about teams back back then and and, and today. And to me, one of those things is just a lack of mental fortitude when when things get tough and. You know, at some point you have to look inwards, you have to look at your coaching, you have to look at your players and, you know, figure out what is going on there. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's brutal. It's brutal that when you wanted your team to bounce back and answer, uh, they, they drop probably their biggest duck in the whole season. I, I think it's fair to say. So yeah, it's, it's tough. I guess what kind of transition with this is that you look at this three game stretch mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's one point out of a possible nine that Juventus has gotten really when they need points to, you know, no matter what you thought of their title chances a month ago to keep pace with the league leaders. And obviously they haven't done that. So to kind of go off of what Sergio was saying, how much, I guess you can look at, at the, at the big picture where the three, three game stretch are just from Monday's game against Udinese. How much are you putting on Max Allegri? Because, Chucks, I know you're not on social media as much as uh, Sergio, who's not as much on social media as I am, but uh, I think it's safe to say the pitchforks are back out for Max. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's, it's to me, it's just complete bullshit, and I'm sorry that now it's, I've seen a lot of comments and I've seen a lot of tweets that's like, you know, after this back-to-back losses is, well, yeah, Juventus was overperforming in spite of the coach and now it's finally the coach that's coming through it's like come on like you can't i mean it, it's just playing both sides yeah it's pretty much like hey if we win it's despite the coach and if we lose it's a hundred percent of the like it's it's dumb it's i get it you know he's a polarizing figure but it's it's just it's unfair it's dumb i mean you know you can't uh you, you can't judge things like that i i, I think but to me that the biggest situation is is I think it has to be on the coaching. This what we've been saying. This this lack of mental fortitude. Some of it, I don't know how much of a percentage, but some of it has to do with the coach. And I don't want to do the, the whole thing, how the whole season, how it's going. But the fact that this games and look, not every team is going to win every single game by by like a million, right? Like I mean, injured. The fact that they they only have one defeat the whole season is is you know unbelievable. Like it's it's an incredible season that they're having, but. I mean, you know, you look at other uh, other leagues, uh, you know, uh, every team has lost. You know, I mean, every team loses, every team comes out flat, every team gets gets caught up in, in a bad game. But it's it's the, the the point of the season is the particularity of this type of defeats that I do think make you wonder, like, what is going on in that in that locker room or in that coaching that that this is just a recurring pa- pattern. I I I, I don't, you know, assign like I said, like a hundred percent of the blame to to coaching, but but I do think that there's there's something there, and it, you know, obviously we don't know the the we don't know the intricacies about what's happening in a locker room, but I, I think the fact that we continue to see this pattern right when the season gets tough, to me, it's it's you know, it's clear that something is happening, and you know, the coaching has to be a part of it. I don't think it's the biggest part of it, but but it's definitely a part of it so your question was you know how much can we attribute this to max or at least this three game losing slash draw or winless streak i should say like i said the first game the one against empoli i don't fault him at all for that i i think that was frankly it was milik's fault really if anything that that game we we were surprisingly close to winning um given just the circumstances so you know i wouldn't put that down to him uh the inter loss 
Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, but again, I mean, Inter was a better team. I've always said I think we're about 10 to 15 goals worse than Inter. I think defensively, we're equal to them. I think just offensively, we're about 10 to 15 goals worse than them. And indeed, right now, let me see. They are top scorers of the league with 55. Remarkably, Milan is second top scorer of the league with 47. Quite surprising, actually. And uh, Juventus is down in joint fifth with 36 goals. So 19 goals short of Inter. Granted, in the last three games, we scored one goal. So it's, you know. al- it's already at 19 difference. Yeah, I think that's mostly Man. down to, to the last three games. Because, I mean, Inter, they, they won, what, 4-2? That yeah, and that is with what Juventus did in January. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, defensively, I thought I, I, you know, think we're pretty much equal to them, but just offensively not. And, you know, in terms of the overperforming thing, I do think we overperformed this season, but thanks to Allegri, <laughs> not in spite of. And I think, you know, just our, yeah, overperformance this season has been very much, you know, thanks to his good work. So, you know, that, I mean, that's, yeah, a bit ridiculous to, to say that, or for people on Twitter and all that to say that. And yeah, I mean the the loss against Udinese now. Yeah, I mean, I mean the players were poor. I think you can say nah, it was his fault, just maybe with the whole Chiesa thing as a second punta. You know, I think maybe, maybe you know that that's probably the largest, like the main thing you can attribute to him. For the re- oh well okay and Alexandro of course the assistance on playing Alexandro um, so yeah I think this is probably the most culpable yeah you can make him but besides that no I think we're we are where we are much thanks to this season at least much thanks to Allegri yeah I think Max did some smart things I mean it seemed like and Chuck's you you dive deep into the heat maps much more than I do. So maybe you can correct me on this, but it seemed like at least to start the second half, Allegri went a little more 4-3-3 compared to sticking with the 3-5-2. It was weird to see Andrea Cambiasso playing higher up than a natural winger in Tim Weah, whereas, you know, you probably maybe want the wingback slash fullback to be playing as a wingback slash fullback compared to the guy who's playing fullback, who's naturally a winger. I hope that made sense. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just, you know, you're just, in a way, it's like, you look at the bench, and obviously this was far from a full-strength bench. And it's kind of like, this was a case of, as much as we really want to see kids get a chance, you know, kids, you know, the young guys get a chance. I mean, a lot of them are kids. Yeah, I mean, they're they're 18. They're twice, you know, they're half my age at this point. So, yeah, they're kids. Good point, Chucks. <laughs> you know, it's just like they are still young. So you're not always going to get Ken and Yildiz coming on and dribbling through three guys to give you one of the best goals of the season. That's just reality. You know, Samuel Willing Jr. is going to come on, and no matter if it's for five minutes or 35 minutes, he's not going to be great every time. These guys are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. They're going to have inconsistencies. I mean, we look at somebody like Nicolo Fagioli last season. For as good of a season he has on a whole, there's also on a micro level where there were some clunkers in there. And that's going to happen for every young player. So when you've basically got a bench of 
young players, I mean, you could say that about, about every player really, but for young players, they're wild cards when they come in and in the second half. So, you know, most of the guys who came on, Kenan Yildiz, Illing Jr., uh, Chetty from the next gen squad. I mean, these are young guys who still don't have very many minutes under their belt. So Mac, it's, it's not like Max had a lot to work with off the bench on Monday, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, no matter who it was, it just, they just looked just completely flat and they couldn't really do much of anything, especially in that second half. It's one of those things that, that it feels like, like uh, we've, you know, debated a whole bunch is it's exactly like, what do you do? What are your options? Like, this is not a team uh, that, that has, you know, if, if plan A doesn't work, sometimes I feel like we, we criticize Allegra a whole lot for like, well, what, where's plan B? Well, where's plan C? It's like plan B involves, you know, Leonardo Cherry, like you said, like that's plan B, man. Like that's, <laughs> that's the option right now. Like yeah. throw the guy who's six foot six on and hope he gets his head on the ball. There we go. There's a plan. Plan B sucks. Like it's it just, it is what it is. Like it's, it's, this is not a team. And, and, and I was, you know, when I was having uh, lunch, I, I caught a little bit of the uh, Real Madrid Leipzig match. And it's like, it's a, it's a different level, right? Like, I mean, this is, it's, it's different type of football they're playing. Juventus is just not at that level. And they don't have to be at that level at this point, obviously. But, you know, sometimes we 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 forget that at this point in, in for Juventus, we are at a different level. We are at a restructuring. We, we are not, you know, we I understand that it's like, how could they ever lose against Udinese? Or how could they ever drop points or look flat or whatever? We're not a great team. We're not an awesome team. They played awesome. They had a great half, uh, you know, a half and a month. Uh, but, you know, at some point, you know, the fact that you're relying, like you said, on youngsters, the fact that you're relying on freaking Hans and on freaking Leonardo Cherry, who are not only young, might be bad. Like, we just don't know. Like, they might not be that good. It's just, it, it puts you, I think, in, in a predicament in, in the term of, of really analyzing where the blame for a result like this comes from. Like, like for example, for me, I think uh, Max Allegri had, you know, Took a took a while with the changes, right? Like it took he took him a while to to make the subs. Uh, it was weird for me to see Carlos Alcaraz not being used, uh, but being thrown out there last time uh, against Inter, right? Like if you after if you one training like, session, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if you feel he's ready against Inter, why wouldn't he be ready against Udinese? Uh, especially when we know that uh, you know, especially for him, like we know he is very good at long range shots. Maybe you get lucky, like. Those type of decisions, sure, we can make an argument and we can make that criticism. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of get why he wasn't super willing to bring in those guys or, or why he thought, you know, bringing in a Samuel Jr. instead of a Chiesa was, you know, a sort of 50-50 proposition of whether or not the team gets better. Like, I get it. Uh, so it's just, it's tough. It's tough. I think we still have this expectations of Juventus you know, we want to play it both ways in a way, right? We have these expectations of Juventus of we have to be champions. We have to compete for silverware. We have to be this top level team. And then you look at the reality and it's like, well, you know, how many top level guys we have? And and the, the reality is that very, very few. And, and, you know, we can talk about coaching all we want. And once again, I'm sure that Max Allegri bears a lot of blame for this game, some blame for the, the, the failures of this season as a whole, 
but but you know it's 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 hard for me to say you know he is 100% the problem and if we had you know pick your flavor of the month coach in in the Juventus bench we'd be the champions like it's i i don't think that's fair i don't think that's that's you know that's something that that this team is able to do and i and i think that what you just said really kind of solidifies the argument that we have been overperforming just uh, you know your comments about you know this not being a great team yet despite that we were for a pretty decent amount of time genuinely in the title race you know i think that does show that we were overperforming and i think overperformance i mean probably is down to the system and therefore the coach so now we're i guess uh, back to the mean or back to our yeah yeah the, these last few games definitely feel like regressing to the mean doesn't it understand yeah. it yeah and when you look at the that you know at a table of another country like let's say la liga and and you look at you know the top four we kind of want to believe that we're at that level of the real madrid and, and stuff we, we are and Fiona. <laughs> we, overperformed. we are there and we're happy and it's an awesome season but we overperformed and we're not at the same level and and we you saw it right like when real madrid plays Girona, like you saw it like you know they played you know tried their best Two different quality of, of, of teams. And I think we saw it again, you know, against Inter. And, and you know, it's, it's just the Udinese thing is, like, like I said, you know, more of a thing of like coming out flat. But, you know, those things are going to happen when you don't have that awesome, awesome te- team with top tier talent players. And, you know, that's just going to be a reality that we're going to have to keep facing. And, you know, unless major overhauls come in the summer, not only speaking about coaching, which I, I don't know if they will do, I'm, that's a whole other discussion and a whole other conversation. But, you know, once we are back in Europe, hopefully, I think, <laughs> that that difference in quality is sure as hell going to look a lot, lot like like against Inter. Sergio, you mentioned uh, Flavor of the Month coaches. Who would your Flavor of the Month coach be? Oh, you know, it, it changes, you know. It's, <laughs> uh, I'm sure we're going to get the same rumors. I'm sure there's a Conte rumor coming up. It just, it happens all the time. Zidane, I'm sure, is going to get talked about. <laughs> um, Italiano, you know, I think Fiorentina cooled off a little bit, but, you know, I mean, that that's going to be another guy. Like, it's, it's you know, it, it happens every single time. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Sergio, because I guess we can, we can use that as a uh, transition into Twitter questions as we're we're transitioning nicely from topic to topic as Chuck lo- loves so much about uh, the, the host responsibilities. Yeah. We're moving as smoothly as Usher moves <laughs> on those roller That's skates. Right. <laughs> yes. Although we're, uh, I can definitely say that the first guy on the billing here is, is still is not shirtless. So that being said, uh, from Emmy Champanary one. So how long until we see hashtag Allegri out trending again? Oh, my friend, it's already trending. <laughs> yeah. I, I think was- if we, drop out of top four which would be a a pretty spectacularly hilarious collapse i i hope that does not happen because twitter is already a mess when it comes to juventus losing like they did on monday honestly if they do drop out of the top four i'm right there with you it's allegri out all the way like they have a you know like a 10 point cushion like more than that sergio yeah like even with you know, this whole situation of falling out of the title race, I still think this has been a relatively good season, all things considered. You know, have a good Coppa Italia run, maybe win that Coppa Italia, maybe get back into that, hey, we'll a trophy type of thing. 
you know, I think that's that, that that can and should be considered a successful season, in in my opinion. Now, catastrophe happens, you drop out of the top four, hundred percent, I'll agree out. But I, I just don't think, I just don't think it will get to that. A uh, fourteen point difference between uh, second place Juventus and fifth place Bologna, by the way. Well, yeah, true, hundred percent. Yeah, I was I was seeing Atalanta, no, but yeah, yeah, you're right. With a game in hand. It, yes, yeah, Bologna does have a game in hand. It'd be just like an insane meltdown, right? Like, I mean, if that happens, yes. yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, I'll agree out hundred percent. But you know, I I just don't don't see it happening. Even even if the last couple of weeks have been a bummer. All right, next question here, and I feel like this one is very much directed solely at me from at Arshish Gupta. What are Juventus 49er fans supposed to do this week to numb the pain? Uh, Arshish, I will let you know when I figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough one to punch, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll, we'll get back on the uh, Max Allegri train from at Juventus E1. Who replaces Max Allegri next season? Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. You preempted that question then, uh, Sergio. <laughs> or I actually asked Danny, actually, you preempted. I don't know. Someone did. Someone I, did. I threw you off. You, I, I zigged when you thought I would zag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, whoever you want, just don't, 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 don't do like Conte. I'm just really done with the cool Conte thing. Like, and they're going to be like, oh, we'd at least have some, you know, balls. Like, like f- off. Like, just don't, you know. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just like entertain like Jurgen Klopp. At least that's fun. It's not going to happen. It's never going to no. happen. But at least that's like funny. Like that's an interesting sort of thing. Like, you know, whoever just brings up the whole content thing again, I'm just, you know, I'm just blocking. I, I just don't really care anymore, man. It's just, you know, it's just a dumb suggestion at this point. Like, why would you do that? Why would that be a, a positive side? And that's what I keep coming back to. Like, who is out there? That you could feasibly say, like, yeah, he'd be a hundred percent times like better. There's just no guys out there. Like Sinadin Sidan, maybe, but even you know, he's had plenty of opportunities to come here. He just doesn't seem to be interested in doing that. Other than that, is is you know, taking a shot with a guy like Italiano, for example, who you know has some interesting ideas. Fiorentina is also what seven. So, you know, I mean, there's things out there but i i wouldn't really you know bet the whole farm on that being an improvement and that that's that's why it's just the whole allegri out thing is just it, it bothers me so much because there's just no real alternatives out there that you can feasibly say yes this guy is available he'd be like really good he'd fit the team he's had like big club experience we just there's just no guy out there like that and and it just it just feels like making a change for the sake of making a change. And again, this whole thing, you know, is, is, you know, I take it back if they drop out of the top four, but if they don't, it's, it's just, you know, until there's a feasible candidate out there, why are we so, you know, very willing to run out, run out a guy that up until two weeks ago, everyone agreed that, you know, was overperforming what the talent, the level of talent that this team has. It just, it doesn't really make sense to me. There, there has been some pretty uh, high praise for. Well, speaking of Bologna, uh, Tiago Mota at Bologna. But that said, there are also simultaneously some rumors about Stefano Bioli at Milan. You know, is he going to stay? Is he going to get sacked? It's a bit of an awkward position because it's like they've been well outside the title race, which was pretty unexpected. 
Um, I think people expected him to be much more in contention, but then he's put on a really good run of form just recently. So it's like, we kind of want you out, but then results sort of look good <laughs> recently. So it's, yeah, it remains to be seen if he will still be there. But yeah, so there might be some coaches going in and out of teams. So, so let's see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. To make one more 49ers reference on this podcast, and I promise this is the last one. Yeah, I made a few Usher ones. Coming out so. coming out of the Super Bowl, a lot of people are like, well, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers coach, he can't win the big game, so they need another coach who actually can. And the whole discourse is basically, you know, get somebody who could maybe get them over the hump or stick with the guy who is one of the best coaches in the sport. And basically the people are like who want who are kind of saying, you know, getting rid of him is idiotic is like Okay, well, who are you going to bring in that guarantees you're going to get better? And I feel like Juventus is kind of in that same, I don't know if no man's land is the right way to put it, but kind of that that middle ground almost where it's like, okay, obviously Max Allegri is not working with the same kind of squad that he was during his first stint, but how much more of this squad can he get out? You know, are you going to give him, you know, the final season of his contract? with hopefully a couple of really good signings, you know, actually allow Cristiano Juntoli to spend a little money because, you know, that's, you know, building a squad is what he does rather than working on a shoestring budget. So I don't know. It, it's that weird kind of push and pull where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe Max is, you know, three years of this is reached its, its end point. But at the same time, it's like, well, what can he do with a better squad? And I just, I find myself going back and forth because we, as we know, you know, you, you feel like at least some of the byproduct of Allegri playing the way he has played for large portions of this is simply because he doesn't have the overall squad and especially the overall midfield that he used to have when he was, you know, bold enough to make a change to a four, two, three, one and, and everything like that. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird game in my head that I keep going back and forth with, with Juventus where it's like, oh man, I, I don't know. I'm not totally Allegri in or totally Allegri out, I guess. I'm kind of Allegri on the fence. Yeah, and I think that's why this topic is so uh, is such good fodder for Twitter questions and comments in the in the blog. And, and you know, because you can make a very reasonable case for both things, right? Like, like you said, like this is year three, uh, you know, still not competing for titles still dropping points against teams that you're more talented than the guy that was supposed to be your crown jewel, like Federico Chiesa has, you know, gotten hurt, which is not his fault, but has regressed. You're, you know, th there's a lot of things that you can very well make a case that, yeah, it's time to move on. And then you look at the other case, like, yes, but there's a bunch of guys who have improved. He's making the most out of, you know, a, a very flawed squad. And, and you still, to this day, he hasn't had a team that you could say, makes sense that is both talented <laughs> and makes sense so to me it's very hard to say well he should be doing better okay but who would who would be doing better with this team that we all agree in a lot of ways does not make sense and is just not talented enough and and to me that is the biggest uh, you know reason for me to say that that you know i i don't think that you just part with a coach when it's very hard to make a case that a different coach would be getting better results, especially when, when at the end of the day, talent wins matches, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at who wins the champions leagues every year, 
it's never a gritty team that could and you know just put their heart and soul into it. It's it's a bunch of you know hundred million transfers of super talented players. It, it, it's just you know that's just uh, the fact. And and until you know we get a coach, not necessarily with that budget, with that budget, but with a team that is that can play at that level. And if they're screwing up, then I guess at that point it's like 100% the coach. But because that hasn't been the case, it's just very, very hard for me to be, you know, uh, allegedly out at this point. As you as you were watching that Real Madrid game earlier, Sergio, were you just thinking to yourself, holy shit, if Juventus had like half of these guys? Yeah, just forget half, like three of them. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> like it's, it's, it, it, it was just crazy. Like, it's just a whole, whole other level. And it, it's, Sad because we were at that point at uh, at that level at some point. Like I remember that Cardiff year. You know, we not only did we make the final, uh, but when the the best list was announced, like we had, I think, as many nominees as Real Madrid did, or we had like nominees in every single category, like best keeper, best defender, best attacker. Like we had those guys there at that level. And obviously, as time progresses, maybe we should have been more appreciative of that at that point in time but but it's just you know at this point it's extremely hard for me to say that we have one player that be nominated for any sort of best in 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 europe awards you know bremer i think he's very good but i just don't think he's like a like a brand name i don't think he's gonna get that recognition which is not his fault i do think he has been awesome but other than him who who is at that level like no one no one really and and that's you know, it's it's sad, but it's it's the current state of affairs. Indeed. Well, uh, you mentioned Bremer, and I feel like he could be mentioned for this last Twitter question here from at Locatelli. As it is <laughs> Valentine's Day when we're recording, or it is the Valentine's edition of the podcast, can you please reveal who would you prefer to marry in this Juventus squad and why? And as we we're talking yesterday, Chucks, you remember, essentially our buddy Hunter jokingly, although sometimes with Hunter it's 100% serious, uh, the Juventus version of The Bachelor. So, uh, you know, who, who would who would we pick? I feel like uh, Bremer is, uh, as, as the Brits say, a good shout. Yeah, um, he's a very wholesome-looking character, so, you know, he looks... You could uh, say it. He's a devilishly handsome kind of guy. <laughs> Gosh, I uh, that was an unexpected question. <laughs> um, well, I'll play along. Um, well, yeah, if yeah. you're the type of guy that appreciates a good body, Chucks, his joke too. I mean, you have to. He's <laughs> guy, arguably the most jacked guy in, in, in the roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looks like a just a you know polished gentleman, and yeah, like I said, just a wholesome person that would you know open doors for ladies and uh, give his jacket on a rainy day to a, to a bystander who's maybe forgot her umbrella or something so you're uh, yeah, shook yeah. right now aren't you oh no actually <laughs> I, it's funny i don't expect i have so many bizarre thoughts i i don't actually expect come on we're trying to end this on a uplifting happy <laughs> note after 50 minutes of doom and juventus glow <laughs> well also i mean there are all kinds of jokes i want to make but you know I, we're not on the explicit category um <laughs> of our podcast yet so <laughs> that's why i'm kind of trying to censor myself and pick uh you know appropriate terms and yeah anyway i don't want to get canceled that's a short version okay <laughs> but yes blamer blamer is my shout out like i said he's just uh you know yeah good looking chap looks uh looks like a good guy Kiesa just looks like he's 12 so i, I don't know i could i don't know he could i can 
he, he reminds me of Dybala in that sense. Like he'll be 80 years old and not have a shred of facial hair. <laughs> you know? As a fellow sufferer of, of face baldness, I, 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 you know, I sympathize. <laughs> um, Whoops. <laughs> As Chucks and I sit here, you know, stroking our beards. Yeah, I mean, I have a little plump of hair on my chin, but that's about it. Yeah, I just, I, I always, I always uh, struggled with that, and then uh, all my friends started balding and <laughs> crap in our thirties, and I still look like fairly similar to what I looked back in college. And it's like, oh, so this, this, you know, now, now you're getting the the upside of it. Like I'm, I'm the only one of my friends who doesn't look like you know has been through like three divorces at this point. So it's it's <laughs> good. It's, it's kind of like. You know, it's the bright side of the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, you have to go Bremer just because I appreciate, you know, people who show up, you know, who are not disappointments. And, you know, for he's been that guy this whole year. Like, he was brought in to to substitute a, a Matthijs Delic, the guy that was, you know, the next coming of our great center backs. And he's done exactly that. And, you you know, that's what you want in a relationship. You have, you want reliability. You want someone who's going to show up when it matters, and Bremer has has done that, so he has my vote. Yeah, he's not going to ghost you, man. He's not going to. He's not going to ghost you. I was going to say Vlaovic, but I don't know. He kind of looks, as I've mentioned many times, he kind of strikes me as a bit of a prick, honestly. <laughs> but, which uh, I hope I don't get quoted on that someday if I ever become famous. aggregated. But <laughs> but uh, no, no, uh, yeah, that's... whiny. He, he's, he's like the type of guy that punches a wall when things go bad. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you don't want that in your life, Chucks. No. <laughs> no, no. Only, uh, only chill. Uh, only, only chill, chill. people. Uh, only preferably. Chill. All right. Well, it looks like uh, Bremer is taking that uh, that one and, and running with it, although very, very quickly because uh, for center back, he's got some pace to him. So congrats, Bremer. We, hopefully you're rocking a, a very nice turtleneck, seeing as it's still winter in Turin. And here's your honor. So with all that being said, uh, we appreciate the Twitter questions. We got those on, on short notice because the guy who usually asks for Twitter questions forgot to do them until we hit about record here. So we appreciate the... Quick turnaround from all of you who asked Twitter questions. As always, you can send them in at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine. Uh, follow us there. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. FansFirstSports.com for all of the podcasts around the network. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. If you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to leave us a nice five-star rating and review. So for Chucks, for Sergio, for Sam... For producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in a few days. <laughs>